Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, it is Ritter season. Expect some bumps in the road and the injuries just keep piling up. It's all next. Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by BetOnline.net. We ask you to head to YouTube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment. We are free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Leave us a review there. And, of course, Roku and Amazon Fire. Yes, you can reach us there as well. And follow me at JMCH316. Well, happy it's Ritter season day to everybody that celebrates, right? So we got the word yesterday, and this has been kind of in the works for, you know, really finishing up this, you know, last game with the Steelers for the Falcons, and we're down to a 9% playoff chance and all this good kind of stuff now that we're going to see Desmond Ritter coming up next Sunday. Of course, Falcons are on a bye week this week, but we'll see Ritter next Sunday. Now, look, everybody's excited, right? And 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 I understand. I I think Arthur Smith has kind of had this in the back of his mind about this particular time coming off of a bye final quarter of the season, at least a fair way to grade Desmond Ritter. Now let's be honest. If they had won, let's say they beat the Commodores or they beat the Steelers, we'd still be talking playoffs and Marcus Mariota would still be the quarterback. So you have to trust what Arthur Smith's got going on. And at this point, when we're talking 5% playoff chance, it's, it's time to make the switch out there. Now, there are some things I'm going to be very curious about, okay, to see what they do. Am I expecting Desmond Ritter to go out there and huck it all around? Now, all of a sudden, we're going to become a pass first team? No. Nothing's going to change about the offensive philosophy. The offensive line, the running backs, the philosophy, the style, run the football, run heavy. We talked about yesterday. The Falcons are the one team in the NFL that has a higher percentage of running plays than they do passing attempts, right? They're a very run-heavy first type of team. I'm also going to be curious to see if Desmond Ritter gets some designed run plays as well. You know, Ritter ran it 500 times in Cincinnati. He ran it for over 2,000 yards. Now, I'm not expecting him to go out like Marcus Mariota and understand all the nuances and do a lot of RPOs and he's going to take off or this, that, and the other. But I wonder if they won't incorporate. I do think you'll have some freedom that when they drop back to pass, that he will have some freedom that if he wants to get out the pocket and, and get going downfield, he'll have that ability and option. Let's hope that he's been coached up on, make sure you slide, throw it out of bounds, do some of these basic fundamental stuff that at the NFL level you have to do. Can't get away with some of the stuff at Cincinnati, you know, in the, the things at Cincinnati and get away with them in the NFL. It just doesn't work that way. Whole different speed and style of the game and everything. So I'll be curious to see if he gets a little bit of, of running action. I still think it's going to be somewhere in that 20 to 25 at most pass attempt type of offense. Now, here's the other thing too. Now, the the one of the other winners of this is certainly going to be all of your running backs. Now there's not really an excuse to not give Cordero Patterson more than we talked about this this week, 11, 14, 12 touches. 
This needs to be Patterson gets a heavy dose of the football. Needs to see a lot more touches with this change. You're going to have a quarterback that probably is not going to have very many designed run plays, if at all. They may not even decide to run him at all. I mean, Mariota's, Mariota's game is all predicated off the run. That's not Ritter. Ritter can run it if he needs to. He can get out and get some yards, you know, when he needs to. But I'm going to be curious to see if there is anything that's designed for him. Also, too, just I want to see him run the team, for lack of a better way of describing it. I just want to see him run the offense, see him run a drive, okay? I'm not going to nitpick every pass that he throws. I'm not going to nitpick some of the, the little stuff that he does. But does he have command of the offense? Does everybody kind of rally around him? It, or, 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 you know, if there's a botched play, it, you know, let's say that there's a, a, a spot, a, a throw that's missed a spot. Was that more on Ritter? Was that on your wide receiver? You know, whose assignment was it? So, look. And we're going to talk about this, about the, the bumps in the road and things like that. Okay. It's exciting to see, but what I ask is everybody just take it one game at a time, enjoy it for what it is. And now we'll get at least some evaluation. Well, we know everything about Desmond Ritter, about whether or not he can be the face of the franchise. No, the one thing I can guarantee you, the one thing I can absolutely guarantee you is that Marcus Mariota is not going to be here next year. There's no reason to bring him back. Not at the number that is attached to him. There's no reason to bring him here and just have him be a backup. He wants to start. This was his kind of his final chance, probably most likely, unless there's an injury somewhere like that. But he's not going to be here, okay? So we know that for sure. So all you Mariota fans and, yeah, okay, he, he, the era has come to an end and all that, right? So I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to just see... Again, I don't care what his stats are, but for instance, th this is what I'd like to see. Let's say it is 22 passes that he throws. Can he be like 17 for 22? Can he be a little bit higher completion percentage? Can he avoid taking as many sacks? Right? There's little things about that. Can, can he complete a little bit higher percentage of, of his throws? You know, if you look again, Mariota right now on the season, he's completing 61.3% of his throws. That's not a god-awful number, but that's certainly not a great number in the NFL. You'd like to see that number be at least 65 66%. Can Ritter be a little bit more efficient? Can he also avoid taking as many sacks, right? If you look at Mariota, he is, I was trying to see what his sack percentage is that, uh, that he takes, because um, he does take a higher percentage of sacks than, than a lot of other people, eight and a half percent. That's a pretty high number. When we talk about quarterbacks across the league, like eight percent of eight and a half percent of his dropbacks result in a sack. So you need the offensive line, you need the running game, you need your wide receivers, you need your defense, you need everybody to step up around him. But I'll ask that you just kind of also take it in stride. Don't get too high up, don't get too depressed, don't get yourself all worked up about what his numbers are. Because I'm telling you what he's not going to do. He's not going to come out and go 32 for 35 for 325 yards and four touchdowns. That won't be their philosophy. Their philosophy will be run heavy, run hard. I'll be curious to see if he's part of their running game, designed or otherwise. I'm going to be curious to see if he can be efficient in running the offense. I'm going to be curious to see if Patterson gets more touches in this thing. 
but I'm excited to see what our young quarterback can do. And this will give him an opportunity to get a decent look so that as we head into next year, we feel like we have a little bit clearer picture about what this may or may not be. I want to talk about my friends over at BetOnline. Listen, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports wagering information, right? So they make it as easy as you possibly can, right? You're a little bit afraid, don't know what to do, this, any other. It's simple. Take your mobile device, right? Take that mobile device, put BetOnline.net in there, check it out, look at all the information. So you, you want to learn more about sports betting, different things. They got stats, they got scores, they got all kinds of podcast news and information. All the information to make you a smarter, better is available at betonline.net. Then once you've gotten all that, now get in on the action. You want to get in on the NFL action. We had an NFL game last night, a real close game last night with the Raiders and Rams, right? You want to get in on that. College basketball season is cranked up. NHL season is cranked up. Still a quarter of the NFL season to go. College bowl games. You're going to have a bowl game just about every single night. So there might not be an NFL game on but there might be a college bowl game on NBA. Everything's available at betonline.net. So head to betonline.net today. Check out all of the action. Betonline.net is where the action starts. So I would also warn and caution Falcons fans about this as well. I am not going to overhype what the Falcons record is over this four game stretch. If they go four and oh, great. It still doesn't define or mean anything about what Ritter can or can't be. It would be encouraging. There's no doubt about that. You certainly would like to see winning football because I know that they're not tanking. This is not putting Ritter in to just tank the season. They want to win football games. They want to run out the schedule and try to get a victory in every game. So they're not tanking or anything like that with Ritter. But 4-0 doesn't mean that he's going to be Joe Montana and 0-4 doesn't mean he's Achilles Smith. He throws for 150 yards or 350 yards. It'll be a four-game sample in the NFL. It's fun to get excited. I'm looking forward to it. But to really, and I understand, as sports fans, right, fan is short for fanatic and all this, I, I understand that we want to put definitive checkmark boxes, right? We want to say, well, he's our starter for the next decade or this, that, and the other. You're trying to give yourself an idea about what he can and can't do. More likely, what he can't do. I remember when I was watching when Johnny Manziel and Brandon Whedon both you know, came in the league, different times, but just as those guys came in the league. And I watched a good bit of them. Did I know exactly what they were after a handful of games? No. Can I tell you what their ceiling was or this, that, and the other? No. But what I could tell you in a short amount of time, and what you can tell sometimes, I'll use another example in a second, is that those guys weren't ready to be starting quarterbacks in the NFL. They were never going to be starting quarterbacks in the league. I'll give you an example that hits closer to home. As we talked about Jalen Mayfield and all that kind of stuff, you only needed about four or five games to realize, oh, Jalen Mayfield probably doesn't belong in the NFL starting. He, he might not even be an NFL caliber player. He certainly doesn't belong starting in the NFL. He certainly doesn't belong being the, the left guard for this team. You could tell all the things. Does that mean Jalen Mayfield can never be a good NFL player or never turn his career around? No. But you could figure some things out that said, mm, this is probably more likely to not work than it is to work. Let's fast forward a year. Jalen Mayfield's not even going to spend one minute on the active roster this year. 
that ain't good if you're a second year, third round draft pick player that you don't even make the active roster in year two. I know you're going to sell me on injuries and all that stuff, right? Okay, right. right. That's that's what it is. But expect some bumps in the road. He's going to make some plays where you see that talent. And he's going to make some plays where you realize he's a rookie. Marcus Mariota is the same way. Think about, you know, we're in his seventh year or whatever like that. You see at times, I've said this on the show, you see at times why he was the number two pick in the draft. There are some things that he does well. But then you also see why he's bounced on his third team in seven years. There are reasons for both. And that's the same thing with Ritter. You know, what's the ceiling? What's the floor? I don't know. You know, is the ceiling as high for Ritter right now as it was for Mariota coming out? Obviously not. Or Ritter would have been the second pick in the draft like Marcus Mariota was. But expect some bumps in the road. It's okay if your rookie quarterback doesn't play well. It's okay if Ritter goes 0 for 4, you know, and again, I know we don't like to attach wins and losses to the quarterback, but if the Falcons are 0 and 4, and there's a definite possibility, I think they're going to be 1 and 3. There's a definite possibility, though, they could maybe lose out, all right? Doesn't change anything. Doesn't mean that Desmond Ritter isn't the guy moving forward, and it also doesn't tell you that he can't be the guy. Now, if he goes out there and he flubs it up and he doesn't, he looks lost, he doesn't understand the offense, he's He's missing wide open guys. He's throwing it to defensive backs and not reading and stuff like that. There are things to use a tell, right? You know, that old eye test, you know, there is a little bit of a tell that says, oh boy, I don't know if this guy's got really the the upside that that we want. But I expect we're going to have bumps in the road. And I'm taking it one game at a time. Let's see if he can grow from game to game to game. Let's see what their difference is. Maybe the first time in game one against the New Orleans Saints. Maybe with that defensive front and on the road, maybe they say, mm, we're going to throw it 15, 17 times in that game. Maybe he plays pretty decent. And then maybe by the Arizona game where you're in game number three for him, maybe they open that up to, 50, uh, to 20, 25 throws or something like that. So those are all the things that I'm going to be looking for. I'm not going to go extreme one way or the other because we're just not going to know. I'm glad that this is happening now. I think this is the right time coming into a bye week. You get extra time. You're getting him prepared, and you're keeping your team together so they know these guys know who they're running with on the ones. No real mystery. And you get a chance to have a at least a decent evaluation. It's not one game or one half of a game or you're throwing in the middle of something. He's got time to prep and prepare just like a regular NFL quarterback should as he gets ready to take on the New Orleans Saints down there. So expect some bumps in the road. Accept them for what they are. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Enjoy the run and the process of it, okay? And and we'll watch it together and we'll react together. We'll tell you if he played well. We'll tell you if he stunk up the joint, okay? But we won't micromanage every little thing And I'm not worried about whether they go 4-0 or 0-4 down this stretch. I want to remind you to make Locked On Sports today your second listen every day. They've got biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and, of course, the take of the day. You can find Locked On Sports today on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast from. Well, more bad news for the Atlanta Hawks. So besides the fact they got crushed the other night in Madison Square Garden, and, oh, yeah, now you get to take on the 
Brooklyn Nets, who are, by the way, in New York, who have won five of their last six. Ben Simmons expected to be back in this and the other. We talked to the night about how DeJounte Murray played four minutes in the game and he goes out. So we got the update earlier today from the Atlanta Hawks. I guess maybe it was last night or at least earlier today, one, one or the other. But since we last spoke, how about that? We got the update that DeJounte Murray, who I think has been really the glue that's kind of held this team together so far, we got word that he is going to be out for the next couple of weeks. Now, let me translate the code of the Atlanta Hawks. When the Atlanta Hawks tell you that a player is only going to be out for a couple of weeks, you can expect them to be out for at least a month. Okay? Two weeks is code for four to five weeks. It always is. I, I don't care if it's DeAndre Hunter last year. I don't care if it's John Collins. You know, I, I, anytime that they tell you what an injury status is of a guy, expect it to be longer. Our bogey was going to be oh, a week or two. Bogey will be back for the regular season, man. Missed a month and a half. So it sucks. But this is the number one thing that we had concerns about going into this year is are they if they're going to swing that pendulum and get back up toward the upper part of the Eastern Conference, number one, first and foremost, is you have to stay healthy. And we're already down Hunter, down Collins. Now we lose one of our backbones to DeJounte Murray. And what will be interesting about this next couple few weeks, whatever it's going to be, how does Trey Young respond to all this? Because now you're going to go back to what it was before Murray. And you got Capella out there. You got your rookie, A.J. Griffin. But this is all on Trey. Doesn't mean I expect them to go on a 10-game 10, 10 winning streak or something like that. But this team is 1,000% now in Trey Young's hands. There are no distractions. There are no other guys. There are no anything else right now. And he's obviously played a lot of his career. Hate to say it this way, but he's played a good chunk of his career without having John Collins on the floor, without having DeAndre Hunter on the floor. Now he's going to play without having DeJounte Murray on the floor. And it doesn't change the expectations as far as they have to take advantage of this part of the schedule. Folks, start looking at the Hawks' schedule starting in next year. They literally, we get, you know, we celebrate the new year, 2023. Guess what? They're going to be on the road in the West Coast. Oh, yeah, Golden State. And, and anytime you're making that West Coast trip, it's hard to put together a big winning streak out there. Hawks haven't shown that they're one of the top teams in all of the NBA to just go out and say, oh, well, no problem. They'll go beat the Lakers and Clippers and Golden State and everybody on the West Coast. No big deal. And you got Milwaukee and everybody else that, that's you know going to be going to be coming along as well. So this will be Trey's team now. And all of the ball dominant and all of that kind of offense that we've seen over these last couple of years, Trey's going to get that opportunity. They certainly are not going to be able to afford for Trey to go 9 for 20, 0 for 4 from 3 like he did the other night. If he doesn't shoot better, doesn't distribute better, if he puts up stat lines that he's 9 for 20, 0 for 4 from 3, 6 assists, and 19 points, they won't win a game. Is that fair? No. But let me tell you, $40 million player, that's what you get with all that, right? That's what you have to do. So they have to do more than just tread water. You're, you're at the point where you, you can't just tread water for the sake of treading water and use injuries. Because let me tell you who's not going to use injuries excuse this year. 
That's going to be Tony Wrestler, the owner. The owner of this basketball team is not going to sit by and hear about injuries or this, that, and the other, and he's sitting $1.8 million from the luxury tax. Oh, well, let's go get this and let's go get that. So I'm going to go spend a bunch of money and get the luxury tax for what? To be mediocre? Because that's where your owner is going to be at at this point. Tony Wrestler, again, remember, he said, we will go into the luxury tax if it makes sense. If it makes sense. If you are 19 and uh, 19 and what, 22 at the halfway point, does it make sense to go in the luxury tax and things like that? No. Somebody will be the fall guy. Coach, Travis Schlenk, a player, something will be the fall guy for out of all of it. So here we go, starting tonight. Back what we didn't want and back what we couldn't afford to happen. I'm out without Murray now for a couple of weeks. I got a couple of few weeks of no Hunter. I got a couple of few weeks of John Collins. And here we are right back in this folder all over again. It's frustrating because they get everybody on the court. They can be a pretty good team. You know, they can be pretty well. And you want them all together to learn how to play with one another. You don't want guys missing two and three weeks at a time where you got to get that chemistry back and get them in the flow and everything like that. They're already having some of those issues, right? They've already in the early part of the season had figuring out, Nate's had figuring out trouble about how to put the rotation together and how to get guys in and out of the flow of the game. So this is this is what gets frustrating is because there is starting to get to be a point of I'm losing my trust in Collins and Hunter to stay healthy and be a part of this because it's not going to grow. Either they're going to have to be part of the growth and play or we have to go find new guys. I have to go find somebody else. Find me somebody who can stay healthy. But we're right back in this hole of things we talked about last year, the year before, and this and the other. Do I think the Hawks are going up to Brooklyn tonight and getting a win? You know, they're obviously in New York at Mass Square Garden. Head over to Brooklyn. Do I think they're going to go get a win tonight? I don't trust them to. I think the Nets are playing well right now. They're hot. You know, they're getting Ben Simmons back. I think their defense will slow the Hawks down. But this is Trey's team now. This is all on him, fair or unfair. He's the $40 million man. He's got to be the best player. They can't afford 9 for 20, 0 for 4, 19 points and 5 assists. If that's how it is, they'll get run out of the court again coming up tonight. We'll see what happens. But again, frustrating that we're back in this boat of fighting injuries, of the same old guys over and over again. I remind you to make Locked On Sports today your second listen. Of course, you make John Chuckery and Hitting Hard your first listen every day. But Locked On Sports today has got the biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Of course, available on Odyssey, YouTube, anywhere you get your podcast platforms from. We remind you to head to YouTube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser, when you get there, I want you to hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment. We are free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify, Odyssey. Check us out for free on those platforms. Roku and Amazon Fire. Yes, you can find us there as well. Check us out and then give me a follow at JMCH316. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta.